This episode of Primetime with Sean Mooney is brought to you by MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. However, standing by right now is the one and the only Sean Mooney. Who? Are you laughing, Sean? Leroy was different. He actually one time tried to shoot me. Mooney, everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. Did you just laugh, Sean? I get off the track here all the time. I think it would take probably $100,000 at least to bring us in for the Hall of Fame. I don't even have a computer in my house. I don't even have a smartphone, none of that stuff. Somebody calls me and says, Jim, here's your email by phone delivery. I I gave this lady a note. It says, do you like me, yes or no? And she wrote in, maybe. I knew something was wrong then because... Uh, just the aura and the vibe. I can remember one of the ER people walking out, meeting me and giving me the news. They got my shirt off, they got my jacket off, but the tie got knotted and they just didn't take the tie off. So I'm laying there with my tie and he saw an opportunity and he just came up and, uh, you know, kind of got on my back and uh, strangled me with the tie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Prime Time with Sean Mooney. Uh, I feel like I just spoke to you all. That's because I just did. I hope you caught our bonus episode this past Sunday all about all in because uh, I had to get it out. I, I did all that right upon my return from Schaumburg, Illinois, where StarCast and the all in event took place. Uh, folks, just an incredible experience that I believe has altered the world of professional wrestling forever. I'm telling you, I became a fan all over again this past weekend. It was an epiphany, an awakening for me. And I am definitely all in. Uh, I really, I met so many impressive young people, uh, young wrestlers uh, who are just incredible performers, really entertainers, as uh, I like to talk to, uh, I like to describe them as, I should say, because that's what they do. And right now, folks, they are giving people exactly what they want. And uh, one of those individuals joins us today, a member of the Bullet Club, uh, who is definitely one of the people who is changing the world of professional wrestling. Uh, Marty Skrull is going to join us in just a moment. Um, I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> I, I really had a great time meeting him. Um, and then we tried to get this podcast together, and we were supposed to do it a day before, but um, apparently he has a new puppy and uh, had a few issues with the puppy. Apparently, uh, this new member of the family uh, ate a lizard. Yeah. And he ended up having to take this uh, little guy to the vet. But uh, it's all good, as you're about to find out. So let's get right to it. My conversation with the villain, Marty Skrull. Ding, ding, ding. So how's the pup? Pup's fine. Yeah, pup's fine. He's just, uh, at the moment, just biting everything. He hasn't really got much teeth, but he uh, <laughs> he's just putting everything in his mouth. So, uh yeah, he got hold of a gecko yesterday and started puking and we got a bit worried. So took him to the vet, so he's fine. So they're giving him some stuff to feed him to kind of hopefully stop him from chewing on everything. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But he's fine. He's just having a nap now, actually, with the girlfriend. So, <laughs> What kind of a dog is it? A he's pup. like a, um, well, he's a he's a mixed chihuahua. I mean, I think it's a, oh. a mixed chihuahua with a Jack Russell, but he doesn't look anything like a chihuahua. But they also didn't know... Um, 
they, they never saw the dad, so they're just assuming it's a Jack Russell Terrier. But it's not even like a Chihuahua, so yeah, yeah he's, that, he's, like a, he's a mixed breed. That's what happened to me him. too. I, I, my oh, dog, really? yeah, they told me that they never saw the father. I'm like, oh, don't worry, he's going to be maybe 50, 60 pounds. Uh, Finnegan uh, weighs 105. Oh my lord! He, I call him the beast. <laughs> yeah. So. How would you find that then? That must be hard work. Oh God, he's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a lap dog, so he's the sweetest thing. It's so funny. People come into the house, you know, and he just runs up. He wants to say, and they're like, freak out. Oh, my God. I'm like, You're right, no, no, yeah. believe me. He'll lick you to death. It's the worst he can do. Well, uh, yeah, Winston, he's, he's, only, he's, he's tiny at the moment. He's nine weeks. So, uh, But, you know, they said he shouldn't get too much bigger. So we'll see. But, you know, at the moment, he's, he's manageable. But, uh, no, it's quite exciting for us to start our first dog. So, uh, yeah, it's been an exciting few days. <laughs> well, tell him to stay away from the geckos. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's hundreds of them around here, but yeah, I would do. <laughs> All right, let's get right into this. Uh, sure. Marty, it's been an exciting uh, last week for both of us, uh, you especially, as we come uh, come off the All In event and, of course, StarCast, which was just fantastic. I went into this not really knowing what to expect, Marty, and I, I, I imagine even though you knew what was going on as far as uh, you saw you know, Cody and the Young Bucks putting this together, but what what are your overall thoughts right now, just kind of uh, having it set in after you've gotten away a couple of days here? Yeah, I mean, it's taken me a good two or three days to recover, to be honest with you, because yeah. <laughs> it's such, a, such an overwhelming uh, week, such an overwhelming experience, uh, obviously with, you know, StarCast in the week and then, and then the new event itself. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I think generally coming out of it, the, the feedback has just been very very positive and i think it's mm. it's been like a it's almost like a celebration of pro wrestling i feel uh kind of that same kind of similar vibe to a to a wrestlemania or a, a wrestle kingdom in um in japan but uh no it's, it's been very positive you know bringing all the all the fans together from all over the world and uh putting on this event and uh this event i mean even though that the figureheads and, and the poster guys were uh you know uh, like you mentioned cody and the Young Bucks. Uh, I don't think they'd mind me saying that, you know, myself and, and Kenny and Hangman Page were all, were all big part of it as well. So we all yeah. kind of threw in our ideas to the hat, you know, from 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 the very start of it, you know, on where we should run and you know, and then who we should book and what matches should happen and what you know surprises should happen. So we all had a massive part of it, uh, you know, going into the show, and being such a big part of that sort of creative decisions and everything else, and then watching it unfold the weekend and, you know, seeing the reactions and how the crowd reacted to different things. It was really rewarding for us because, you know, we're all, we're all boys. We all travel together all the time. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure all wrestlers do it. They always, they always sit back and they say, oh, you know, in the car, we'll book the territory. And, you know, if it was my way, I'd do this and we should do that. And this was basically our vision of how a wrestling show should go and how, you know, we'd like wrestling to be. So uh, to actually get a chance to do it uh, and, to, you know, having the response being so positive that it is, it's been super rewarding. Um, but obviously it's kind of on to the next thing now. It's kind of, like I said, I've had my few days to recover. You can tell from my voice, I've been a bit worn out and that obviously yeah. happens when you, because like most nights I couldn't sleep there and I was up every day in the morning and I was so busy doing meet and greets and events and everything else. It just, uh, yeah, it runs you down a little bit. But um, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a super rewarding uh, experience. You know, it was what was really amazing to me is just seeing the mix of, like you said, to see it all come together kind of the way you envisioned. But what really blew me away was uh, the connection between 
uh, the boys and uh, the other people involved. Of course, there are a lot of ladies involved in this too, but uh, you know, people from the business, and then the fans there. I, I you know, and I've been around uh, a lot of events, a lot of events, especially when I was with the WWF and WWE. But I tell you, I've never seen uh, such a connection where you know a lot of the guys are walking around and they're just talking to people and these meet and greets. A lot, the lines were moving so slowly because there was such an engagement. And I, I think that that is one of the reasons that I think we saw a seismic shift in, in the professional wrestling world uh, this past weekend. Who knows where it's going to go, but it, it really, I think the, the shockwaves are being felt, uh, you know, all over the world with all of these organizations. And, and do you think that that was uh, what was special about this? And, and you've, you guys have been doing this for a while, but to see it really come together at this event. Right. Yeah, it's... Uh... I think that that's a big part of it. The reason why I think we sold out so quickly is because of that connection with the audience. And it's funny because we do, um, you know, we're all at the moment, we're all contracted with uh, Ring of Honor. And before every Ring of Honor shows, we do like meet and greets, kind of like we did at Starcast. Mm-hmm. And I always get fans tweet me just saying, oh, we can't wait to meet you. We can't wait to meet you. And it's it seems like that's a bigger part for them than coming to actually watch the the show you know that's the, yeah. that's the big part for them so they, the the bosses sometimes joke you know well you know it's a it's a bullet club meet and greet and then there's like a little show afterwards for them to watch <laughs> as well you know, like the, the important thing for the fans to come meet us and i think i mean that's kind of why we, we we run the youtube show as well we wanted to we realize it's super hard to uh you know wrestling is completely built upon that relationship and that connection with the audience because if you don't have that then it's yeah. just two guys in, in you know in their underwear beating each other up you know right. you, you need that connection to make people to make them feel something you know to have that emotional connection whether that be to make them laugh to make them scream to make them cry to make them jump up and enjoy um so we've always been super we've always got you know concentrating on having that connection with the audience that's why we do a youtube show and that every single week people get to watch us for 15 20 minutes you know in our day-to-day lives or doing whatever we're doing and i feel like that um helps it helps people resonate with us more it helps people care about us more and they go do you know what you know we like these guys we want to you know we want to go pay for a ticket to see them wrestle we want to buy their shirt we want to pay to meet them um so yeah i'd say that was a a super uh important part of why this act uh, and you know this whole week is going to work is that is that connection with the audience and uh it's funny a while back we um myself and uh, the young bucks are doing a meet and greet in um i want to say connecticut i think it was somewhere around there and um mick foley was there as well and he came up to us and i guess there were so many people wearing like uh young bucks t-shirts and villain club shirts or bullet club shirts he came up to us and said listen guys he said he goes i've never seen anything like this he goes i i I was I, i was there for the austin era and uh this might just top it like it's i've never seen anything like it since so uh yeah, it was pretty cool. Was only when he said that, I was like, wow, like, damn, maybe we have made a, a bit of an impression. <laughs> no, I, and I think, Marty, if you were to, if someone were to ask me what I thought the number one uh, element to this and why it worked and why it was magic is exactly that. It's that connection that you guys have with your audience, with your fans. And, right. and uh, that goes from what you've, uh, you know, developed, what Cody's been doing, the Young Bucks, the list goes on and on of these guys that are these – uh, these up-and-comers in the world, and um, I really want to get into that. But I one one thing I always love to do on this podcast is I'm always fascinated by everyone's journey, 
And uh, I hope that I have this correct. I mean, you were born in, in 88, which, by the way, was the my first year with the WWF. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you were born in Littleport, or you grew up in Littleport, Cambridgeshire? Is that's that right. Yeah, Cambridgeshire. That's, that's correct. And, uh, yeah, so tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, your growing up. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> so we grew up in a, uh, in a small uh sort of town was well, actually a village in Cambridgeshire and uh my parents divorced very very early so my mother brought up just myself and my uh my older brother who's two years older than me so you know we didn't she was a single parent looking after us both and she didn't have uh you know a lot of money or whatnot um so we were uh, you hellions well so we went over I feel like my, my mom often reminds me, like, after my parents' divorce, we were living in a camper van for a while in my uh, auntie's garden. Um, wow. So, but my mother, she always, God bless her, she always sort of, you know, bent over backwards and did everything to make sure we, uh, you know, we had what we what we did. Um, yeah, but we, we were definitely not very well off because I remember as a kid uh, going to someone else's house and they had, like, uh, cans of uh, Coca-Cola in the fridge and to me, as a five-year-old, whoever I was, I assumed that they must be rich if they had that in their fridge. You know I mean? Like, that's how yeah. bad Yeah, that's we perspective. Back. Right. In my head, I was like, my God, it blew my mind. I was like, they must be minted. Um, so, and they actually had a house. You right. had a camper. So, yeah, that probably did seem. Right. So, uh, no, and my mum at the time, the way I got into wrestling was actually uh, funny because it was never – you know, it pushed upon me. Um, my mother at the time was working in like a, in a household where she looked after uh, patients with disability, like older patients with uh, sort of yeah. mental disabilities. Um, mm -hmm. And so when I wasn't at school, it was the weekends or it was summer holidays, my mom would take me to work with her. And it, being a you know, house full of old people, there's nothing for me to do, but there was a TV in the living room. And, uh, and obviously daytime TV in the UK is not you know great for for uh, for children but they had loads of v videos vhs's and uh, -huh. uh all the vhs's they were either horror movies which i was too scared to watch or they were wrestling videos so <clears throat> i started watching these wrestling videos and some of them were, were the old british wrestling and then there was you know some old wf videos like royal rumble 91 or whatever it was and, and basically ah. that's how i got into wrestling so i started watching that and it was just instantly i must have been five years old i was watching the wrestling I was jumping up and down the sofa and literally there and then I was like, I want to be a wrestler, <laughs> like five yeah. years old. So, uh, of course, you were a huge fan of uh, myself and, and Lord Alfred Hayes. Oh, then. of course. Oh, God, I loved him. A fellow British I, man. <laughs> yes. You know, and Marty, I wish you would have had the chance to beat uh, his lordship. You would have loved I would him. love to have done. Yeah, I yeah. would love to have done. Uh, but no, so it just, it just took off from there and uh, – like I said, it was never pushed upon me. Um, mm -hmm. I just became obsessed with it, and uh, and my uh, mother just always assumed it would be a uh, kind of a phase I'd grow out of, and just you know, year by year, my kind of love for it kind of grew. And uh, it was funny because it it seemed such a it, it just seemed such a far fetched thing when, when in my head it was like I want to be a wrestler, and it, being in coming from a village in England. It, everything just seemed so far away. If that makes sense. It's like this idea of like uh, ideal America. It just seemed like such a. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. I couldn't even, you know, uh, that. Imagine it. You couldn't even, yeah, grab the concept of it. Do you know what I mean? I just, it, yeah, it just seemed such a far fetched thing. But no, uh, yeah, I just became uh, obsessed with it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so did you just start, you started seeing 
the, the, uh, of course they had uh, wrestling over there and independent yeah. organizations. So what was your first exposure, and then how did you actually start getting in the ring? So we, I, we, the UK is a pretty bizarre place. Like we, <laughs> we, I don't know if you're, well, I guess it doesn't really happen anywhere else in the world, but like tribute bands are, are a real big thing here. So like you, well, in the UK, sorry, maybe not so much now, but back when I was younger, like you can go see, oh, it's the tribute Beatles or the tribute mm-hmm. to the who or, or whatever it would be. And they do covers and whatnot. Anyway, mm-hmm. at the time in the UK wrestling, uh, the British wrestling had been taken off in TV, funny enough, in the year 1988 um, and pretty much gone, you know, it nearly died pretty much. Like most of the wrestlers quit after that and uh, the houses were very much down. Mm-hmm. But then during that kind of attitude era time or sort of mid-90s, wrestling started to get popular back in the UK, but from the American stuff. Um, so then the old British Marauders came back and run wrestling shows, but with like tribute wrestlers. <laughs> so it'd be like, come to watch you know all star wrestling tonight with basically a fake undertaker and a fake cane and, and wow. you name it yeah yeah <laughs> very that's... bizarre very bizarre <laughs> i think funny enough actually with some uh, of them really bad some of them are awful and some <laughs> some of <laughs> you do look back if you look at the posters they're so funny but uh, oh man but that's funny enough actually um page who's in wwe uh her mm-hmm. dad ricky knight he's a sort of famous uh british wrestler who's you know been around for a very long time but he mm-hmm. he he used to play a part of he was a tribute to a hawk i think it was from lod who's called the legend of doom and um he he always used to tell, tell us like oh yeah i used to make amazing paydays back then doing the doing the lod gimmick <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought it was hilarious but no so i remember going to watch these shows as a kid and just being you know i loved wrestling so i was just like yeah this is the best but yeah. at the same same time being like uh it's not it's not, it's not quite right here like it's not you know again like seeing this for me was like an, an amazing experience and it just like I said earlier, just the idea of actually anything to do with like American wrestling or it just seems such a far-fetched thing. Um, so now I watched all these shows when I was a kid and I used to go quite regularly. Um, and then years later, when I was kind of uh, sort of teenager, um, me and my friends went to a, uh, like a WWE live event and um, we, I don't know, there was like a massive queue waiting outside to get into uh, the venue and me and my friends, as being kids like we are, we just started like wrestling on on the grass with each other, you know, just being idiots, just yeah. you know, putting ch- each other in sharpshooters and you know, whatever, jumping up the tree, just being idiots basically. Uh, next thing you know, like there's about 200 people in que- in the queue, but they're all kind of you know chanting for us and cheering for us and uh, <laughs> basically having my first professional wrestling match in. Yeah, <laughs> outside that's when you got the bug. You got yeah, it, got lit. It. <laughs> so, play in the crowd right so we're working i'm gene up the crowds you know they're going wild yeah. and uh anyway after that we did that and then uh someone came up to me and uh, said hey listen uh if you guys actually want to wrestle mate it wasn't anyone from WWE, trust me but yeah. <laughs> someone came up to say if you want to go wrestle uh i know a wrestling school in um essex so uh you know maybe you should email them rather than uh doing it outside on the yeah, grass. getting so, grass stains, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So he gave me a contact uh, for a wrestling school, which is about an hour and 30 minutes from my house. And uh, yeah, I pestered my, my mum enough. And uh, God bless her. She uh, would take me down every week to uh, to learn how to wrestle. So is that, Was that drop kicks? That was with, drop kicks Wrestling Academy, Reimer, yeah. 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 Mm. And so, I mean, was it a, a, a decent school? Uh, a lot of people don't know um, what what it's like over there to, to try and train and, and learn. Yeah. It was like the, the thing is the drop kicks. It was very, uh, it was a, it was a well-known school and it produced a lot of talent, but it was very, um, 
we did a lot of shoot fighting and a lot of amateur wrestling and we were pretty much only taught old school British wrestling stuff, which I loved, like it's fantastic. Um, but that was pretty much solely what we were taught. So yeah. I remember like it would have been like, I was probably already there for about six weeks until I even learned how to run the ropes or anything like that because we were so it was so ground based, so based on on sort of the technical wrestling aspect and everything else. But um, I had a great time there. I used to love it, and it produced a lot of good wrestlers. Um, myself, uh, but Nick Aldis, who was on the show, uh, oh, yeah. in, obviously mm-hmm. he came from there, so we came up through together. Um, mm. Stu Bennett, or sorry, um, Wade Barrett, you know, obviously. Yeah, he's in WWE and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. Another guy, Danny Birch, who's uh, Martin Stone's NXT now, and uh, it came. It, it, a whole bunch of guys came from the school, so uh, no, it was um, very fond years back then. But it was just a weekly training, and I went, went there for a good couple of years, and uh, yeah, that's how I got my start in the business. So, what was the what you would call a break uh, to where you actually started? Uh, you know. I, I, I guess got paid for the first time and then <laughs> yeah and where well, it went from there because you work for a lot of promotions over there oh yeah um i mean there's a lot of wrestling in the uk but uh i mean it, it varies because back then when i first started um i ended up working funny enough for the company uh that i talked about earlier um what i used to watch as a kid called uh, all-star wrestling they stopped doing tributes um but what they did do they used to run Again, this is going to sound like such a foreign concept to, uh, if you're not from the UK, but we have things in the UK called uh, holiday camps, which are essentially like holiday parks. I guess you compare it to uh, kind of like Disney, but... The theme but, parks. Kind of. Not really theme yeah. parks, but like kind of like Disney, but nowhere near as good. Like absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Like kind of the same concept, but nothing like it just uh, yeah but they're basically like a lot of them will have chalets or caravans people stay and then there'll be like a, a, a you know a center building where they put on some live entertainment and um you know, there's like arcades and stuff but right. you know at nighttime that might be music or there might be uh, a magic show or w- whatever it might be but a big part of these holiday camps um it'd be cornerstone was their live wrestling shows so if, and these holiday camps are all over the uk like on, on, on every beach there's one so um you know there's hundreds of them so the holiday camps would provide so much work for the boys because there was you know like i said hundreds of camps and most of them would have one or two shows a week uh, mm. on the camps so we would go away and we'd wrestle once twice a day like every day for three months and you know travel all over the uk i'd go away for three months and uh, wrestle every day and at the time when i started lots of guys from america and you know japan were coming over to the uk to wrestle so I remember my first big long run doing the camps. Guys like um, Daniel Bryan were on the camps with me, uh, Gangrel, um, Chad Collier, all these great guys uh, that was getting so much experience from wrestling every day. So, um, yeah, you kind of learn how to, you know, perform. And, and plus as well with these with these shows, they're not done for, um, you know, they're not aimed at wrestling fans. They're just sort of casual people who just happen to be on holiday. And they go, oh, what's this, wrestling? So the shows are very, very based on kind of, character stuff and engaging the audience and getting them involved um so that's probably why now i spent so long there why now i have such a <laughs> an over-the-top character it probably came from from back then and kind of let my craft on the camps but so uh, did they uh, marty did they have uh because you know everybody over here when you go to these even these small independents and these guys have their you know a gimmick that they come up with yeah. Uh, did they they have that the same there and did you have a bunch of different gimmicks you tried or were you always marty Skrull? 
Um, I was yeah. To be honest with you, like the fun thing about the camps was <coughs> is you could pretty much do whatever you wanted and it didn't matter. Um, try something out. You just try stuff all the time. So yeah, yeah. in terms of All Star, they used to change my name all the time. I'd come out to all sorts of different music and different name. But then, you know, a few years, years later, I'd have, um, I pretty much had my own camera on, which I was running myself. So, you know, we just used to, you could have fun with it and it didn't matter. Nothing was serious. So I, we, we'd have a CD for our interest musics and I'd be like, oh, I fancy coming out to Gangrel's music today. I'm going to do that. Or, you know, <laughs> or yeah, I'm going to be the, the suntan Superman today and I, you know, find a costume, put it on or just loads of silly stuff. We, we just always mess around. So it, it, for that, you know, or put on a mask that I'm going to be, like, I don't know, one time we put on a mask and uh, and tights. Okay, I'm going to be the uh, French stallion and come out and speak in a French accent and just, just loads of silly stuff like that. So it was all, you know, none of it really mattered. It was, you know, as long as it was an entertaining show. Um, so I was, yeah, I used to toy with different characters and stuff all the time. And that, like I said, we weren't afraid to, to, to try different stuff out. So uh, we did that a lot. And to be honest with you, it was, um, we were never really paid that great, but it was constant work. So I was kind of, you know working to live and living to work and just uh i was getting by being on the road um but yeah in terms of my big break i, I guess because uh, i was in the uk for a long time uh, and europe uh, mm-hmm. but maybe my big break was probably when um uh the company in uh, in california called uh, pwg which is, has like a a really big fan base sort of all over the world despite the fact that it just runs very small shows in Reseda in California, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in front of maybe four or 500 people, but uh, it has such a big buzz and such a huge presence, you know, on the internet and, and through DVD sales. So, uh, yeah, 2014 was it, I think they, they flew me over for their, for their big tournament. Um, I think it was, was it then or it might be in 15? I can't remember now, mm-hmm. but yeah, basically that was, I mean, I've been wrestling a long, long time before this, but uh, I'd say coming over to America for the first time for a, uh, PWG was probably when the, the kind of whole wrestling world kind of kind of saw me. But Started actually, to take saying, notice. Yeah, actually, to honestly, maybe my break was pretty. Actually, maybe just before that, I um, so I had been wrestling for a long time, and I was normally a good guy, um, and then I got injured, and uh, I I basically uh, broke my uh, AC joint in my shoulder, mm. so I took about two or three months off, and during that time, was basically when I came up with the uh, with the villain character. That was kind of because i was like this time off okay i could sit here i could be upset but no let's try and come up with something new let's come back with you know with a big bang and uh you know try and make an impression you know if i'm not in the mm-hmm. top wrestling world now i must be doing something wrong so let's try and come up with something and that's where i came up with the whole uh villain character and uh my move set and, and, and everything else um and that was probably actually what gave me my kind of bigger break in in, in pro wrestling yeah, and I really uh, want to get into that to where uh, things really started to change for you. But I, I, I want to take a quick time out here, uh, Marty, to uh, mention one of our great sponsors here on Primetime with Sean Mooney, uh, my bookie. Are you a wagering man at all, Marty, or uh, a wa- like to gamble? Oh no, my uh, I try not to. Every now and then I indulge in Vegas. But yeah. Nick Jackson, he lives to gamble. He gambles every day. Well. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, you know, ever since I started this podcast and, uh, you know, the fact that I worked in sports for so long, people are always asking me, hey, uh, who do you like in the game this week? You know, and I, really, I have, I'm not good at that. No. But I'll tell you, if you're one of those people who are in the know, you know the game, no matter what it is, and uh, you think you know who's going to win, you've got to check out my bookie. And remember, 
Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Of all the bets you're going to make, they are your best bet this season. Now, they've been in the business for years. Uh, they have great reviews online. Just check them out on their mobile site, and it's really, really easy to use. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win. Guess what? They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. That's right. So join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Now, let me explain that. My bookie will match your first deposit 100% up to $1,000. Just use promo code Mooney. M-O-O-N-E-Y to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Mooney when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. And Marty, let's talk about when you really started getting paid. Uh, tell me about the evolvement of the villain. How did that all come about? Because that's when you took off. Yeah, I. Um, it's funny, I, I just... Like I said, I took this time off after I had myself. And it's funny, um, Steve Austin uh, would always say, oh, you only learn how to, to work after you get injured. And I never really understood what he meant. And I kind of, not, not suggesting I could work now, but, but I kind right. of, I, I got it like afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of started to, uh, I kind of get it now. But uh, yeah. no, I took that time off and I just, I, I'd been, I'd been wrestling for quite a long time and, you know, I've had some frustrations and, uh, I had a bit of a, I had a, it was, you know, did a little spell in TNA for a cup of coffee, which was a bit of a flop. Um, and so, you know, you get a bit disheartened and everything else. And, and I was just thinking, you know, what can I do? What can I do to stand out? I was thinking, you know, in my head when you're younger, it's like, Oh, what moves can I do to stand out and everything else? How can I, but then I was looking at myself, I was like, Marty, you, you know, you're not going to be able to out, flip this guy or do that you know you know you're not you're not six to five or anything else you need to work to your strengths and you need to come up with something to 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 make you stand out from the pack um so yeah i i just, I, I had this idea because at the time i was such a fun loving exciting you know personality and uh, everything else i said well okay why don't we just turn everything on its head why don't i become basically an evil version of myself and uh yeah, and at the time I was get, really getting into uh, Evil Doink. Actually, funny enough, uh, yeah. <laughs> Matt Bourne at the time, and uh, yeah, the I was like, yeah, yeah, and I just loved that character and gimmick. And I was yeah. like, I mean, my my gimmick's very different to that, but that was some of the early inspirations. I was like, I'd like to be like kind of evil villain type character, or, or like a or a Terry Funk, or the you know Roddy Piper. Um, so yeah, and at the time when I first did it, it all kind of fell into place. It just like at the time so I, I turned myself bad guy and uh at the time i was just getting different stuff like written on my trunks and um, like different slogans and stuff on, on the back and uh a villain uh in the uk was what we in america they call it heels and faces right. but in the uk we'd always call it blue eyes and villains blue eyes oh. being a good guy and the villain right. being you know the heel obviously so i just put a villain on my on my trunks and uh you know, people are like, oh, hey, villain, villain. It, it just kind of stuck. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm not part of Mighty anymore. I guess I'm the villain, Mighty Scale. And then, but everything just kept evolving. I, and then one day, I was about to go out for my match, and I just saw an umbrella on the side, and I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should take the umbrella to the ring. That might work. Yeah. I don't know. So I took the umbrella to the ring. But in my head, again, it was kind of just me just being silly. Um, 
and then uh, I did that and I got to the back and I remember one of the boys was like hey man that, that brilliant thing you came out with that was pretty cool and I was like oh thanks and then I remember the next week I um I had a show somewhere up north and had to fly there and I was like oh I can't bother to bring an umbrella to the show no way so I didn't bother and then I, once I got off the plane and somebody tweeted me saying oh I can't wait to see Marty Skull tonight and his umbrella so I was like oh huh? I better go to the shop and buy it better go get <laughs> better go get an umbrella right so it just kind of stuck and, and for me I feel like it's more of a uh like a subconscious thing that was I you know wrestling sort of abroad at the time or you know in europe or everything else and knowing yeah. i wanted to break out into america japan i was like oh this is kind of like a uh, a subtle nod to where i'm from the uk you know umbrella being pretty yeah. synonymous with uh with the uk um but yeah that, that was it, it all kind of evolved like, okay maybe i could wear these big fur coats because you know i would just look like i could be idiot and i like again doing all these shows uh, for these years um on the holiday camps kind of made me like not scared to try things and another thing was this, some of these shows you did in the camps uh, yeah i was to say in all those places right, where you got right. to do all the yeah that's yeah, awesome and, and, and some of the shows we did at the camps they were like some of them were huge enough two thousand people but some mm. of them would be 10 people and you just <laughs> in front of complete silence you know and yeah. so and, and anything you did you would get reaction so like i wasn't I was never scared to be embarrassed because I was like, you know, yeah. it can't be any worse than that. So if I come to the ring with a silly costume on or whatever, and yeah. people think I look stupid, I I can't be embarrassed. <laughs> Do you look back now, Marty, and and say what a great training ground that was because right. you really learned how to what was the reaction from an audience like anywhere from two thousand to ten? Yeah, you you probably knew and and you could try anything. Yes, exactly. That 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 was actually yeah, that's completely it. And you know, lots of the guys with you know. Did him at the time, like, like guys like Seamus, who's obviously in WWE now. Like I mentioned before, Daniel Bryan, Nick Aldis, all these guys would uh, would do it. But uh, no, so like I was just never afraid to try anything different. And yeah. uh, I remember at the time, lots of people were like, "What are you like this gimmick? Why are you doing this for? Like, why are you doing that?" And uh, it just became, I just became obsessed with the idea of just trying to stand out. How can I be different? What can I do? And everyone at the time was doing big crazy moves and you know all these sort of dangerous moves. I was like, okay, my new finisher. I was like, what's the most boring uh, finisher I can think of? And I was like, I was like, oh, the crossface chicken wing. I used to hate Bob Backlund as a kid. Um, I was like, let's do that. That's an awful move. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this boring move and I'm gonna try and make it one of the most exciting moves in pro wrestling. And it just became, it became like a game to me to try and see how you know different and how I could make myself stand out. Um, and then any time I do something and someone else would do the same thing, I'd be like, ah, okay, I'm gonna stop doing that now. Maybe I could do this because, like I said, I just knew. Uh, I didn't have it, you know, a million and one things going for me, so I just needed to stand out in every other aspect. So, yeah, it's a developing thing, and it's, it's still to this day now. Um, I'm still constantly thinking, okay, what's the next thing? How can I, you know, what, what's the next? What am I going to add to my repertoire next? What am I going to come up with? How am I going to have a new entrance or a new primary or a new outfit or whatever it might be? Um, cause I want to keep the people guessing. I wanted to keep the people intrigued, and uh, you know, they say like it, it's it's my it's the creative satisfaction I get from wrestling is, is my character development. And it's funny cause I, I'll see myself do this stuff and then you'll see other guys um, picking up on it and doing something similar. And so that kind of keeps me on my toes to also, you know, not settle into position I'm in and, and, and try and think constantly, okay, what else can I do? So uh, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a developing, it's a developing thing. And I, and I feel, I still feel like um, I've got so many, miles left in the character it's, it's got you know such long oh, yeah. legs we're just touching the surface with it so um, yeah. yeah it's exciting 
Yeah, Marty, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Clockwork Orange. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but I'm telling yeah. you, that's that part of the character, like with the umbrella. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and uh, I don't know, where did the mask come from? Because that is a tremendous look. I have to tell you, when the, that was one of the first things that just grabbed me was that right. just that look. Uh, with that and the umbrella, I'm like, wow, this, yeah. this, this is different. <laughs> Well, um, funny enough, Alex from Clockwork Orange was a, kind of a, a big uh, inspiration to me just because yeah. of his lingo in, in the film yeah. and the way he would talk. And, and uh, actually, rest, we did a Halloween show a couple of years ago. I actually wrestled as uh, as Alex from Clockwork Orange. But, uh, yeah, it, that's like that, uh, <laughs> but, that uh, insaneness, but also it's, you know, it's perfectly normal. And sure. it just it's just great. But go on. <laughs> but um, but no, the mask, again, I just, uh, the mask, I remember I was just, I can't even remember the album. But there was an album um, that I was listening to, and on the front, uh, the front of the cover was this dude wearing like a play doctor. I was like, "Damn, that's pretty cool." And I was like, at the time, I was trying to experiment with doing different entrances, but at the time, I was just wearing like a, a, essentially my kind of some, like villain glasses and uh, mm-hmm. like a, you know a fur coat. But I saw this play doctor, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's pretty cool." I was like, "That would be cool for like." an entrance but i meant like yeah. one like a, a one-off do you know what i mean like as i was yeah. doing special yeah. entrances i was like okay next big show i'll wear i'll try this mask out and see you know and see how it goes so i did the show i wore the mask i think people were a bit confused funny enough it was the first this when i wore this mask it was the first time my dad had ever come to watch me wrestle i've been wrestling <laughs> for, for about 10 years and yeah. afterwards he goes and i was like oh what do you think dad bearing in mind you know, there's a big, quite a big show, you know, 1,200 people there. They're all yeah. Charlie Marty. They're all wearing my T-shirt. And my dad's yeah. like, bloody hell, mate, you look like a right plonker in that mask. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like uh, You okay. might want to uh, define plunker. Plunk, for oh, the... just like an idiot, basically. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, oh. So so I just wore the one time uh, yeah. and went back to wear my glasses. But then, uh, again, this is how social media and, and sort of that connection with the fans helps. Yeah. Kind of like I said before with the umbrella. Um, people then would start sending me like um fan art and uh pictures of you know me with this mask and drawing his mask for me and whatnot and like you know and i was like damn like this is just something else that's super duper marketable you know if i wore this mask i could put it on t-shirts it can be a logo it could be synonymous with me and i was always always a big um i've told this story many times but uh, i remember reading a quote from uh, Matt Groening who wrote the simpsons and he said uh he said all great characters could be recognized from their silhouette and that really like stuck with me, um, and, you know, because you looked at Homer Simpson's silhouette, you could tell it's him or Bart, mm-hmm. you can or Marge or whatnot. I was like, damn, he's right. And at the time, like years ago, when I first heard that, I was like, damn, like you know, I just I've got short back and sides, I've got I had no facial hair at the time, and I just wore trunks and, and wrestling boots. It's like I'm not trying hard enough to stand out. I was like, look at Legion of Doom, look at you know with the face paint and the mohawks and the spikes, and look at this guy and all my favorites. And it's like. I need to stand out. So that's when I cut my hair all silly. I grew up my facial hair and whatnot. I uh, yeah. got the glasses. But then I was like, oh, this, this is even better. Imagine if I had a mask and a top hat. Like, you're, you're yeah. never going to mistake my silhouette now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so it, um, Brilliant. Right. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe we'll, we'll keep it. So then I just uh, kept it. And then then it would be a case of I, was, I wore it a few more times. And I noticed fans coming to shows dressed up as me, um, you know, wearing the, the mask and whatnot. And and that was another thing I always thought with wrestling as well. I, I always like when uh, other guys ask me for advice and whatnot, I say to them, like, OK, well, you know, we're wrestling with, with characters, you know, like like superheroes or, you know, no pun intended villains. But uh, I said it should be. It, it should be easy for a fan to be able to 
cosplay as you or just you know dress up as you if you know and if it's not then uh, in my head you're doing something wrong so mm-hmm. it's you know if someone dresses up as Kane, you know they're Kane. It's easy to do or Undertaker or whoever yeah, that be. Right. But then if we say, you know, I can't even think of another wrestler, but you know, a trunks and boots wrestler is kind of like oh. And also I think about it as well as in terms of you know what would look cool in an action figure. Um, and uh, you know I feel like if my character now had an action figure, it'd be like oh that's badass. It's got little you know yeah. it's got little props to go with it. And yeah, I was gonna say it's got little extras. Right. So and it's just <laughs> it's just things that resonate with people and they can. So they can say Marty's girl, and they can they can instantly, it's a recognisable. They can think about, you know, they can picture it in their head, just easy like that, boom. Um, and so, yeah, that's always what I, you know, like kind of just, again going back to standing hours, like ah, that's where I see master the ring and see how that goes. <laughs> well, you know, another big part of this too, Marty, is and you mentioned it, this connection with your fans, and that they're the ones that kind of started this, uh, you know, with you thinking, gee, is it going somewhere? And then they're doing drawings, and it's this organic connection that they kind of feel like they're a big part of it too. And uh, that is another huge part of this that they feel like it's theirs. It's, 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 uh, and, and if it ever reaches a corporate level, that may change, but now it's theirs. And they, and, and there's that incredible connection. Yeah. And that, and that's what it is. And as well, it's, uh, it's all, um, with me, it's all organic as well. It's all yeah. just, uh, a lot of the stuff I say and uh, do is it's, it's the real me. Obviously they, they say my singer, oh, it's, you know, you've got to be yourself times, a hundred or whatever it might be, but uh, it's true. I'm not trying to portray something that I'm not. Obviously, um, my wrestling character is a lot more extrovert than I am. In real life, I don't walk around with a mask and it on, but um, it's still a big extension of me. And I think people can tell that they can mm-hmm. they can tell and they can get behind it. It's if if, if someone's talking and they don't believe what they're saying, or they're pretending to be something they're not, the, the, the fans they they know it. They can they can they can feel it, and it's it's tough for them to get behind. But I think for me it's it's raw it's organic it's authentic so it's it's easy for their people to, to get behind it and you know and, and it's funny and people a lot of people you know i get sometimes criticized when uh, i think fan wrestling fans look too much into it and they say oh you know these people are cheering for you you're not a you're not a heel you're not a real mm-hmm. heel so i say whoa, whoa whoa never said i was a heel yeah a villain do you know what i mean <laughs> if the people want to cheer me or boo me that's down to them that says more about them than does me i'm not you know i'm just going to be who i am um and uh, you know that, that's down to them. And the, but the thing is, I was saying these, you know, these. I was doing these primars. And I was saying this stuff to try and like strike a nerve of people. But at the same time, people were going, oh, you know, he's a bit of a dick. But you know, he's actually, he's kind of right in what he's saying. So yeah, we like him. You know, I, you know, I understand. You know, pe- lots of people, they've they've had tough times themselves and they've been disheartened and they're like, they see themselves as a bit of a, a villain themselves. So you know, so they can they can relate to me and they can resonate with me. So. Well, when it comes down to it, you're an entertainer, and however that person perceives it, you entertain them. They want to right. see more. Yes. And one thing that's that you guys all have in common, um, and and this you, you can go back to talking about people like Steve Austin or mm-hmm. or The Rock. You even you mentioned that at one point, you know, you had this chip on your shoulder. You were frustrated because you were trying to fit into what you thought uh, other people wanted. And and when you guys made this decision, Cody and I. I'm sure that the young bucks were in the same situation. Finally, said, "You know what? I do it my way, or I, I won't. I won't succeed. I have to do it my way." And is yeah. that really what it came down to for you? And that's when things changed. Yeah, I think things started changing for me when I just stopped caring about what people thought and and and, and trying to um, fit into the rules of of these uh, kind of 
unwritten imaginable rules that wrestling has so yeah. you know they say you're not supposed to do this you're not supposed to do that but in the end i was like do you know what like i'm just gonna do what i want and uh you know the most important thing is to me now is just to get over so it, it you know and it's like oh it, it, when you try and think too hard to the wrestling that's when you just get lost in the shuffle so yeah i think that was a big part of it when i just kind of stopped caring and just kind of just started taking risks basically and basically just not being afraid just not being scared and, and and you know prepared to kind of stand up and do something different i think that was and that, that's a that's probably my biggest asset i'd say was that i'm just not i'm not afraid to take risks so i if i'm doing a match or whatever it might be or a promo and i for example in my head i'm like well i could do this and i know pretty much known for a fact that's going to get a reaction and people are going to respond to that yeah. um you know because it's been a tried and tested formula with other people but in my head, I'm like, no, let's let's try this, and it might work, and it might not. Um, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. And if it doesn't work, it's like, okay, whatever, wash my hands of it, and move on. If it does work, though, it's just so much more rewarding. Do you know what I mean? It's just so much more like, yes, I've created something, and and it's paid off. Kind of, essentially, like the whole all in the event of the, of the week. It was an idea concept, um, which seemed like a crazy idea um and then very soon after coming up with it we realized actually no this isn't crazy at all this is uh this is a reality um but i think that's why all our guys kind of get along well together because and we gravitate towards each other because we're all we all desire that creative freedom and satisfaction and we 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 all just we always we're always like what's the next thing what can we do what's cool what can we how can we make the rest of the world you know a better place how can we uh, you know, how can we expand? How can we do something different? And uh, I kind of feel like that's why we kind of gravitate towards each other and uh, sort of inevitably all end up getting put, put together in the same group. Um, yeah. But no, I think that's it. I think it's just, you, you can't live your life afraid. You've got to, you got to take risks and uh, we're risk takers. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was just going to say. You're willing to, to, to jump. Uh, you get to the edge of that cliff and you go. And right. uh, tell me about that relationship though with, uh, the Bullet Club, uh, as everyone likes to refer to, uh, uh, the Young Bucks, you, uh, Cody, you. Uh, tell me about that union with you guys. Yeah, well, um, it's funny because I had when I started with, uh, I'd always known Matt and Nick from years back, probably ten years ago, but we never, yeah. we, because I was in Europe there in, in the states, we never really crossed paths too often. Uh, yeah. But then I came to uh, start work with Ring of Honor and just somehow instantly just kind of hit it off with matt and nick um yeah. nick and, uh, as you mentioned right and we just instantly just had a connection uh because I, yeah. I guess like i said before it's that same kind of you know coming up because i think i worked i wrestled with them in like one of our my first matches and it just went so great and we i remember uh without trying to you know um give people too much of a an insight i remember uh i joked about this sort of crazy um finish to our, to our match and it was it was pretty obscure and i was like it probably won't work and mm. then like, they, the guys were like <laughs> like marty, like marty that's brilliant let's do it let's do, we have to try it we have to do it i'm like oh. yeah. i was like i was like guys i don't think it's gonna work i'm not sure and they were like hey mate they're like do you wanna they literally looked at me in the eye like, marty do you want to have a great match or do you want to revolutionize the business <laughs> wow. and i was like all right we're doing it and funny yeah. enough we did we did it and it actually came off amazingly and it and it was it was great and it paid off uh but i just remember when he said that to me i was like damn like these guys think like i do do you know what i mean like uh what event was that and what did you do we did um 
it was in, it was in England. Uh, it was Ring of Honor's tour of England. It was my first weekend, and it was myself and uh, Will Osprey, uh, unlikely tag team, teaming up against the Young Bucks in the main event. So this is the main, you know, the, the main event of the show. And basically, uh, Matt and Nick have removed the uh, the Meltzer driver, which um, which is <laughs> uh, is Matt has the guy up in a tombstone. And yeah. then Nick jumps to the top rope and does a front flip and uh, does like a spike tombstone with the with a four fifty splash. Since it's pretty nuts move, it's already yeah, wow. an insane move, right? Already yeah. an insane move. So then I jokes because basically I can't put a match together or talk to people without just telling jokes every two seconds. And I said, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it be better? I was like, wouldn't it be funny? Is if when Nick springboards to do the flip, Osprey also springboards, catches Nick into a hurricanrana, but then he still flips out of the hurricanrana and still hits the Meltzer driver on me <laughs> in the ring. Yeah, um, and you're kidding, right? Right, and I'm and joking. Kind of. I'm, like, I'm just like, uh, just being an idiot, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like messing around. And the guy's like, dude, that's great. Let's try it. And I was like, no. And I was like, we can't actually do it. And he's like, no, it's, let's do it. Let's give it a go. And I was like, damn. And then, uh, funny enough, like, give it a go. Yeah, give it a go. And it very much the main event of the show. And I was like, this is going to be so bad. And, I, and, I, and she was like, well, if it doesn't work, just we'll, we'll do something else. Here. We'll get we'll get to another finish. But then they they got me up for the tombstone, but I'm upside down, so I can't see anything. Uh, luckily. Like I said, it was Nick Jackson and Will Ospreay, who are two of the most athletic wrestlers, um, you know, in the world. And uh, but I'm upside down, so I can't see anything. So the, the move happens, they hit me, but I, I didn't realize what happened. So like, he Tim sends me, boom, and I'm on the mat, and I'm going, did it work? Did it work? Did it work? Like, what happened? What happened? And that's like, it worked. It worked. I was like, yes. Well, it must have popped. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the funny oh. thing was, it was such an odd. It was so much going on. The crowd were like. Like it was almost like just a gasp. Yeah, what did we just see? Like, they're like, what? The? And then yeah. instantly, just like standing ovation, just people like, what? Uh, but like, it was just that gasp with like a one second split where people were like, what on earth? And they just <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but that kind of <laughs> that that weekend, we kind of, like I said, became, um, uh, you know, really good friends and wanted to always be with each other and bounce ideas off each other. And then, uh, it was funny because we, we started riding together and whatnot. And then, uh, I got the call to, um, come start. Uh, working for uh, New Japan and um, the box and everyone else obviously they're in the Bullet Club already and uh, the way New Japan kind of works they uh, they they they're very based on the stable so pretty much everyone is uh, is aligned to a to a group um, so you know there's Chaos there's LIJ there's Gun, there's Bullet Club but majority of wrestlers are you know in, at least in a group and uh, yeah they rang me up and they just said okay Marty uh, we want you to join Bullet Club what do you think? And I was like, uh, I mean, I guess I don't really am, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, I guess so. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I was like, Oh, isn't that funny? I've been hanging out with these guys all the time and now, uh, I'm gonna be part of the group, uh, officially. So, uh, yeah. And so now it's like, you know, we're together all the time. We're together every single week, whether it be autograph signings or, you know, wrestling, or, you know, either ring of honor or new Japan. And, uh, yeah, I probably spend more time with those guys than I do my, you know, my, my family and my girlfriend and whatnot, you know, because obviously we're on the road so often. Um, and then, yeah, you, you do. You become, it's cliche, but you, you become like brothers and, uh, yeah. you know, you you bounce ideas of each other and, and you bicker like brothers do. But, uh, no, it's um, it's definitely been, like, some of the most fun times for me, uh, not just in, in, in my career, but, like, you know, in my whole time life. So, uh, yeah, I'm very blessed to, uh, to have friends like them. So what's what's going on with New Japan? I mean, two years ago, a, a lot of people didn't even really know what was right. going on with them, and now they seem like this huge, uh, you know, uh, organization that is 
over, you know, overtaking the United States in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, what's happening with New Japan and also Ring of Honor? Um, I just think uh, there's always been a cry. I spoke to you about this the other day, about there's always been a cry just for uh, um, alternative products and, and people, yeah. it, you know, people, uh, they've always wanted it since, you know, WCW died out, ECW died out, and people are like, okay, WWE, this is wonderful, but we also, we want more. And there's so many wrestling yeah. fans now where just, that same thing's not not you know it's not enough, and so and I think um, New Japan's always been great, but it's it's because of you know when I was a kid it would be a case of trying to you know tape trade to try and it was so hard to get hold of this footage, but now in the world we live in where everything's so accessible and it's so you know it's so it's so easy to get hold of people are actually seeing it so I think that was just the case yeah. I think it's just a case of getting eyes on the product and new Japan like that. I like for me, it's, it's, it's like my favorite place to, to work and, uh, and wrestle because it's just, it, I don't know. It's just, it, I talk about organic and authentic and I think they're, um, it, it's just the best example of it. It's just, it's still so well respected and it's so, uh, um, you know, the people treat it like a, a sport and, uh, you know, the fans are just so, they, you know, they're just, they're so invested into everything and they're so respectful and, uh, yeah, I just think some like it, it. It makes me laugh so much when um, I feel like there's a maybe less so now, but there was always like a perception of, oh, you know, Japanese wrestling is just guys where they they hit each other hard and they just do loads of stuff, and and it's like no, that's completely not true. If anything, the the stories that are told in the ring in Japan, I don't think can be touched anywhere. I think it's the best storytelling. Uh, wrestling in the world i think it's still the best psychology i think mm. uh the excitement if you've been in those buildings and some of those main events where the room's shaking because it's just sheer emotion like and connection um with the audience you know just through the storytelling in the ring and i think it's funny when people say that because i watch WWE now or whatever it might be mm. and they, you yeah. know the guys are doing a million you know a million and one things you know and, and kicking out of 10 finishes and whatnot and you know people think that's that same in japan but that's not the case at all like people everything over there is very protected and uh mm. yeah i i mean i i love the, the style of wrestling and it seems like a lot of the rest of the world are, are getting getting the, the bug as well so uh no it's um uh you know it's going to continue to grow and uh obviously ring of honor as well working with them i think it's a it's a great partnership and um i mean look at next year we've got the uh, madison square garden place sold out in a day or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, apparently, apparently the WWE haven't sold out Madison Square Garden for six years or something. You know, yeah, so it's been it's, a while. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, you know, it's it's it, that's how much more evidence do we need? Then okay, these fans want something new and something exciting, and uh, we're, we're giving it to them. Yeah, and you've seen these crowds get getting bigger and bigger. Uh, uh, let's get to what we just experienced this past week with all in and um like i said i think we've seen a seismic shift in not just independent wrestling marty but the, the world of professional wrestling um uh let's first let's let's get right to it and talk about your match of course you know the buzz on the internet is the controversy surrounding your match with okada uh and the length of it and people saying it it uh went too long and the reason you didn't come out for the curtain call uh can you settle that right away so we can uh, talk about what a tremendous event it was <laughs> yes uh normally i don't like to reveal the curtain uh back too yeah. much but in this case i will uh no me and we didn't we didn't actually we went a minute over 
Um, but we didn't go. People saying like 14 minutes over. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, okay. the show, the show ran 14 minutes over. So yeah. a bunch of the other matches went over. Which is incredible that it was only 14 minutes. Right. <laughs> but yeah. like a bunch of the other matches went over. But obviously, I guess we, I guess our match was crucified because, um, because obviously we were the match on just before last. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so he looks like, oh, these guys went over. But it's like, no, no, no. The show went over, and just before I uh, before I went out, uh, Nick Jackson said to me, Ricardo, I just said, guys, whatever you do, don't cut anything. Just do whatever you do. Even if we go on dark tonight, uh, it's fine. Just do do what you got to do. Um, yeah. yeah. So I obviously took that from the boss's mouth. It's funny. We were like, you were, you guys were 14 minutes over, and I was like, okay, so we did 26 minutes. So you're yeah. suggesting that they booked a, a semi-main with like months and months right. build to have a 12 minute match. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you know, so uh, no, but that's obviously, um, it, it, it's finally these ideas people get in their heads and uh, stuff you, you read in the, uh, the dirt, you know, dirt sheets and whatnot. I just think like, like a lot, you know, a lot of those guys who do that stuff, I, you know, I respect and it's, it's great. People can make a business from that, but then sometimes they just read stuff and go, wow, this is just uh just wrong I, like, I, like it exposes them i'm like well this, so is, wrong, this yeah. is just a complete lie like this is just a made-up yeah. thing you know uh and it, well and it, it what also interesting about marty it, it, it was i mean nobody said it wasn't a tremendous match right. they'd love you know they loved every minute yeah. of it and i think and to have yeah. and i think uh yeah and i think like um you know nick was uh, i think he said the next day i think his wife was like oh my i think he might have joked about it been like my he went 40 minutes over but like as like a joke you know um, right but he so said that that's sort of the narrative has been spread but no we got told just before we went out don't cut anything do your thing we did go a minute over so i'm guilty of that um but like i said the whole the whole show uh was running over and in terms of the uh the curtain call um i didn't i didn't know what was going on none of us like yeah, i think it was a spontaneous <laughs> thing i was in i was in the semi-main match right so i finished my yeah. match I'd cooled down or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I was in the shower. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a clue. And I'm pretty sure they, uh, they cut the monitors in our room after, you know, because it had gone off air. Um, so I, uh, this has happened a whole, like, this, it's funny because this has happened a whole bunch of times at Ring of Honor shows. Cause majority of Ring of Honor shows, um, you know, we'll come out at the end, the Bullet Club will come out and we'll do a bit. And right. it's happened many a times. So I've been in the ring with Cody and I'm like, Bucks, Bucks, get out here. Come on, Bucks. And they've been in the shower. No idea what's going on. Um, yeah. And uh, we just sit there in the ring like idiots and that's that. And it's happened, you know, when I've not made it to the ring before because, I don't know, there's just so much going on. You don't, I mean, they never talk about it. They say, hey, guys, at the end of the show, let's all go to the ring. And it just, it just happens sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. I was none the wiser. And then I, I'd, and then I'd go out of the shower whenever. And then Matt came up to me and was like, oh, where were you, dude? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, we're in the ring. We were calling for you. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, so, no, it doesn't mean that I'm uh, leaving the Bullet Club just yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> not just yet. People come up with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, folks, there you have it, the, the scoop from, from the source, okay? Let's put I'm it sure to rest. I'm sure people will hear a million and one different stories to what I just yeah. told you, but that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my yeah. story. But um, my uh, looking at the, the event itself overall, and um, I don't know how much you got a chance to see from behind the curtain, but uh, start to finish, um, really, uh, what was your overall view of, of what you guys did that night? Um, it, it, to me, it was one of the... I haven't seen all of it completely yet. I still need to get to it. But uh, from what I have seen, I feel like it's the greatest show of all time. Like it just yeah. had so much and, and just something for everyone. And uh, it, it, there was so many things that um, 
I'd come again, kind of like I said earlier, like when you come up with ideas and you watch them happen, and then uh, and and the people react to it. It's such a huge buzz. And on that show, there's, there's lots of things, uh, you know, like the battle royal. I've been arguing for ages. Let's do a battle royal. Let's do a battle royal. And uh, obviously, we worked uh, the whole flip getting booked in yeah. the show that way and uh yeah. the jerry ryan thing we all kind of put together and you know it was it was just completely ridiculous but in my head i'm like <laughs> and, and and we nearly cut like some of that stuff we were going to cut because like the boys were getting nervous towards like the week uh, the week leading into it like oh maybe we shouldn't do it maybe it's too much of a risk i'm like yeah that's why we need to do it like it's mm-hmm. gonna you know what i mean we need to take these risks yeah. um and uh the, the jericho stuff in the pentagon outfit was another idea yeah. i had and uh, sort the of stuff so then sit there and watch it um, you know, super duper cool. Like, I don't think I'd ever want to be a, like a, a booker of a wrestling promotion because then that's a really stressful job and uh, you know, one that I, you know, I'm a performer. But I do love, uh, you know, suggesting ideas and throwing it out there. Um, so, no, it was, um, yeah. I just think what, like, just uh, just the best way I describe it is is just a party, just a celebration, celebration of pro wrestling and a big party. And I think we put on a, we were just, you know fantastic hosts if i don't mind saying myself myself but the fact you know the fans all came out and uh they loved every second of it so what you know what you you see these people online saying oh the show ran too long and uh or this happened and oh oh, they only did they only did eleven thousand people would do twenty thousand people it's like dude Look, everyone there is having the time of their lives. So, oh my if they're God, happy, yeah. can you not just be happy? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, those folks would have taken another five hours if you would oh, have given I'm it sure. to them. Yeah. I mean, they just loved every minute. And and you mentioned it was a celebration, Marty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell you, like I said at, when we started talking here, I didn't know what to expect when I went. You know, Conrad uh, got me involved in it the months back when he just when he was trying to put this what he called a podcast convention. Yeah. But you know, I said I, I'm in. You know, I I just knew it was going to be uh, something I didn't want to miss. But really, um, the one thing that I said that really struck me is when uh, they had the little impromptu meeting in the green room for the weigh-in, <laughs> which. Who knew why we needed to weigh in? But right. but when Cody was up on the chair, and he's just talking about, okay, well, this is what we're going to do, and it was so fun. I mean, you could just tell everybody was just having a good time. There was no no stress. Nobody right. worried about what was going to happen, and that pretty much gave me the idea. This is how this whole event has gone. Yeah, from oh, start yeah. to finish. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, that's all I then. For us, that that's what it should be as well. Like you don't want to, yeah. you know, if you dream of becoming a professional wrestler and you do it, like you don't want to have to worry about, oh, am I going to get in trouble for this? Am I going to do? Yeah. Did I do this wrong? Everything else. Like you, you just got to go out there and have fun. That press conference, I didn't know about until the day, and then I'm like, oh, and even when I'm stood backstage, I'm like, oh, I got to go on stage now and uh, do something for the vans. I didn't know what I was going to yeah. say, or what I was going to do. I was just like, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. Because again, if people see you having fun. They, they can have fun, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's that's all we, we try and do. We, we, we'll we try and put things on, like, okay, what would we be like to see? And a lot of times it'd be like, you know, if we find this funny, these people will find it funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we I, I feel like we're totally comfortable with, you know, who we are and uh, it shows. Um, and, yeah, that was the event wants to be, like, this, this, this just make it fun and, uh and yeah, and I feel like when you do that, it takes a lot of pressure off you, and uh, you can really go the you know the whole hog and uh, you know make something special. And uh, I think we did. 
Yeah. Well, I know it's very, very difficult for you uh, to decide whether or not to become a professional singer or, or stay in the <laughs> ring because I, uh, I know uh, you're renowned. As, as uh, Cody <laughs> describes, your voice of an angel. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> how did that all come about? And, and before you, you say, uh, tell me about that, though, is that, uh, as I mentioned, it is about entertaining people. Yeah. And when you get into the uh, up on the stage and you do the karaoke, people are just having a great time, and it's Marty uh, Skrull up there. And then when you're in the ring as that as the villain, it, they they accept it all, and they just want to be entertained. So, uh, how did that all start, though? Because it is this. Uh, it's it's part of what goes on. It's yeah. I mean, again, that was everything that seems to start always always kind of starts as, as a rib. It was just uh, you know we always float ideas on um, on our on our YouTube show and we always try to come up with like little angles and storylines. And uh, I just I don't even know why, but um, I guess I was just constantly singing like you know in the car with the boys and just acting like an idiot. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be really funny if um, I don't even know why I had the idea. I was like, if I uh, told you guys i was quitting the show because i wanted to go um seek my real passion of being a uh, famous uh, pop singer <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. yeah and they're just like and it's like we'll just start singing every episode um and the guy's like oh that's, that's hilarious let's do that yeah. and obviously i can't sing you know to save my life but it was just uh again we're just trying to come up with city content and whatnot um but yeah within like one or two episodes that the, the people just the reaction to it was just ridiculous just people i don't know i guess like people just know i don't take myself too seriously and as it's a very british humor thing as well like this kind of self-deprecating style yeah um yeah. you know i'm not afraid to you know slip on the banana peel and make a bit of a of an idiot of myself if it means entertaining people um yeah. so yeah that was the idea and just every week on the show it's got bigger and bigger just like the people the response to it just like oh mighty sing sing and then it was a case of i was in the ring once and uh, after the show we did a post-match uh speech actually he made it to this one and uh cody put me on the spot he's like ladies and gentlemen mighty skulls now i'm gonna sing for you and i was like oh Jesus <laughs> and honestly that the first time i did it i actually i was in the ring and i was I was I was shaking. I was very nervous. I was like, bloody hell. Um, but then I kind of got it. You know, I did it the one time. I was like, dude, this isn't like, you have to be good at singing. It's just like, you just got to throw yourself into it and um, entertain people. And, you know, you see the, the, the smiles on people's faces. And it's funny because a lot of fans that come to like uh, a Ring of Honor show, especially like if we're doing TV tapings, some of them are super duper long shows, four or five hours long because they're taping yeah. four tapings. Um, and I'll come up to me and say, man, the highlight of the show was you guys at the end of the show. And when you sang that song, that was the best part of the show. And I'm like, but I was like, yeah. I was like that's not even a part of the show. You know, <laughs> like, that's just that's being silly. But I, it is. Right. And uh, I think it is they, now. It is now. But I guess the yeah. people, they just like, they like it when they, you know, that curtains just being drawn back a little bit and they're invited in. I think that's what, I think that's what they like about it. And yeah. where they're like, okay, you know, the, the show's over now, but these guys are going to interact with us on a, on a personal level. Uh, and I think that's really, um, what the, the enjoyment they get out of it, as opposed to, uh, my beautiful singing voice of an angel. <laughs> yeah. And it was quite a performance. I've never quite heard sexy boy done, oh, good uh, Lord. before like that. <laughs> well, and, uh, folks, that was an idea. They were like, oh, you do a karaoke session, whatever. And it was one of those things. I was like, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And then when I actually got to it, I was like, damn, how am I going to entertain people for like an hour and a half of just me and a karaoke <laughs> machine? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was fun. I, I, you know, I just stopped over there and I ended up staying for yeah, most of it. Good Lord. Uh, but it was. It was a blast. And, and uh, 
It is. It's just that you you really connect with these people. Um, another huge part of this, Marty, is the is the merchandise. This is what I love about a, a, a lot of this. Is like you mentioned, it's the organic thing. But this has opened up a huge uh, income opportunity for you guys. And I know people like the Young Bucks and um, you know Cody. And you've got this unbelievable merchandise stream. Uh, how big of a part of your income is it? You don't have to give me numbers, but a percentage-wise of, of what this kind of stuff is doing for your career and, and being able to help you make. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a massive part of it. it you know, it could yeah. be, I mean, percentages, I, 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 I presume I could work it out, but it could even be as much as 50%. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it, it's such a huge part of it. And I yeah. think people, when they go out and they, they buy our shirts or whatever it might be or hoodies or whatever, I feel like it's uh it's a statement for them. It's like uh, you know, okay, I know there's wrestling on the telly, but uh, you know, I like something different and that's where I'm gonna wear this bullet club and, and or t shirt or whatever it might be. And it's almost like I'm you know, I'm a member of this group of fans that uh that want this alternative. So that's what that's the way I look at it, I, I think, in terms of uh the shirts and whatnot. For me personally it's always been a case of just trying to create like cool looking stuff that people can wear and not be like embarrassed off and you know and i don't think okay how can i make a shirt that would be cool to not just wrestling fans but you know anyone like there's there's lots of brands out there that like i don't know rip curl is a brand makes you know for surfboarders but still other people wear it and there's loads of brands like that i'm like oh okay well why can't i make my stuff like that you know i can it's it's, a, it's based around a wrestler and wrestling but you know I'm, I'm trying to look at the bigger picture. I'm like, how can I get you know, the whole world to wear it? You know, rather than just yeah, no, it, is. It, it, it goes way beyond those lines, right, Marty. You know, really? So, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, it's almost like a uniform. Um, so yeah, mm. for me, it's always again, it's just another way for me to be creative. Oh, this would be cool. This idea on a shirt. This would be fun. Like, what would I like to wear? Um, so yeah, it really, it really took off when we got the deal with um, Hot Topic, and uh, yeah, our stuff got in there, and now we're just you know. You know, the T-shirts are always in there and they're constantly in the top 10 sellers. And, you know, sometimes we even hit like the best selling shirts in there, which is just insane when you think they stock like Marvel and Harry Potter and, and Disney and all this stuff. And then there's like our stuff, yeah. you know, best selling stuff. So, uh, again, it's just and I think like it's just the fans, they know they know that's how we make an income and they know like, OK, well, the wrestling on the show, you know, there's only a thousand people there. But, you know, we can help support them if we buy this shirt or pro wrestling tees or we buy this from Hot Topic or, or whatever it might be. So it's almost like the fans, they they, they want to spot they, they want to support us and they know by buying like our stuff, like the money, a lot of the money is going directly to us. And that's what, you know, people they want to help. They want to support. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a, it's a massive part of our, of our act for sure. And it is amazing that you see this uh, this merchandise in Hot Topic. Uh, right. You know that it's it's just like mainstream for everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, so where do you where do you see all of this leading? Where do we go from here? Because I said I, I, the the world has changed in professional wrestling. Whether you know, uh, but where where do you think it goes from here? Well, honestly, I I just think it's gonna. Honestly, I just feel like it's gonna continue to grow, and I honestly you know see. The business changing in the sense that like i don't know how much longer it's going to be a case of you know a, a, everyone wanting just to work for like the one company i think people are going to have a choice now okay because before 10 years ago it was probably a case of you either want to make money in this business you go there or you don't and you know you don't make money but now it's mm -hmm. like the, the the boys they 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 have a choice the fans they have a choice and it just makes for 
a better time in the business. And um, yeah, I can see you know continuing to to grow from, from strength to strength. And uh, you know, it's it, it it's exciting for me as a performer to be in this time and to have so much choice and you know amazing places to work and just good places to earn money. Um, I think that's the big key is just to. Uh, you know, we can't wrestle forever. So while we do, we need to make an impression and, and make that money so we can, you know, live our lives. Um, and, uh, you know, the fans, that they keep coming and, and you know, that's, which means we can do this. So uh, now I can honestly, without giving away too much, I just uh, a lot of big things are going to be coming soon. And uh, it's going to create for maybe the most exciting time in wrestling for sure. Yeah, and that's that's amazing. And I don't know if you uh, consider yourselves trailblazers, but you know, Marty, really, um, you guys uh, are, are allowing and uh, these other boys that you work with the and I should say ladies as well, but to control your own destiny. That that was a, that's been a, a big change because before, when you had promoters who basically controlled the business, and this is even back in the territory days, maybe you had more creative freedom, Yeah. but really as far as where you want to be, and it's really, now it's, it's in your hands, and I, I think it's, it's tremendous. I, 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 you know, it's, like I said, I don't know where it's going to go, but you said you know, big things are coming, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, well, no, I appreciate that, Sean. That, that means a lot coming from you, obviously. I still watch you, uh, you know, uh, back in the day, and uh, it's really cool to, to hear that from you, and uh, yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, obviously any of uh, my fans that are listening, you know, just uh, I'm a villain, but I do uh, I do love each and every one of them very dearly. And, uh, you know, like as cliche as it is, it's it's down to them, you know, is the reason why I get to do what I what I, what I do. So, uh, yeah, without them, there is no villain. There is no all in. There is nothing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's all down to the uh, the fans. And, uh, you know, if uh, if you keep supporting, we'll keep we'll keep performing. That's, that's how it works. And, and another thing I want to tell you, Marty, and this is what, that, what I saw, it was old school and new school. You know, a lot of these guys that for from back in my day, even before, were a part of this. You, you guys brought them in. And the, the thing that really stood out to me was respect on both sides. It was the, uh, the old school guys just appreciating that you guys are, are upholding uh, – what they the the ground that they laid that the pavement they laid here laid here and you guys have a great respect for the business and I think for a while they thought that was slipping away right and I had many conversations I sat at the bar with uh, Sergeant Slaughter uh, for a, an hour and uh, he said that that he was just so impressed with this new generation yeah with you guys so it, it really it's just it's tremendous to see well you got to remember as well it's like a lot of these guys as well. Uh, you say like the older guys and whatnot, but like we, we all, you know, this, if you're a wrestler in 2018, chances are you grew up a massive wrestling fan because, right. you know, back in the eighties and stuff, you know, business is booming. People might've just decided to become wrestlers just because it was a way of earning money. But, um, you know, at least until now, if you've been a wrestler, it's probably because you, you know, grew up as a, as a massive wrestling fan. So yeah, we, we go backstage and I see Sergeant Slaughter or I see yourself and I think, oh, bloody hell, I used to watch these guys on TV when I'm little. So that's cool for me. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. and I can, you know, I'm, I'm sure I speak for the other guys as well. It's like, oh damn, that's, you know, whoever. And, uh, it's exciting for us. So of course it's, you know, it's super cool to be able to get those people involved in what we're doing. And, um, 
you know and, and learn from from you know guys who've been there kind of before us and uh yeah for them to still be involved and uh yeah it's uh no i agree with that i actually thought about that as well during the whole time of starcast just how cool yeah. it was that we were kind of on that same sort of level playing field and uh, how many just yeah just cool personalities that were there and just uh yeah they all came in for the party it was um it was a great time yeah and cody uh, has carried on that tradition uh i am Sure, his father was looking down and, oh, and smiling with great pride uh, that uh, you know Cody has kept that um, that legacy alive. Absolutely, no, that was uh, that was super cool. And also, another cool thing about that is obviously as good a friend as Cody is, uh, myself, uh, Nick, actually as well. He, uh, we've been we've been best friends for uh, since we were you know since we got started in the business you know, sort of fifteen years ago, and um, he he. You know, had a lot of success in wrestling very early on, and uh, I feel like the last, like if you asked him a year or two ago, he kind of got you know a bit disheartened in the business, uh, kind of like I said about before, before I was a villain. I feel like he was in similar shoes then, and uh, you know, not everything had gone his way, and uh, just to, to watch where he's where he's come, like from where he was then to where he is now, is just uh, it's been super duper cool uh, to watch him grow and uh, you know take that NWA belt, uh, you know, which people call a dead brand, and then go on to make it mean something and uh, to go out there and, and get that reaction, what they did and make that belt, you know, just mean something again. It was just uh, super cool to see. And even though he lost the match, I think he, uh, he definitely comes out of that show like a much, uh, you know, his, his brand much stronger than it was before. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the future of, uh, of, him, as, of him as well and the NWA to be fair. Yeah. And um, you know, many of my listeners are, uh, they listen because they love that era of the 80s and 90s and i've had you know all these superstars on and so i uh i imagine you're going to be getting a lot of new fans uh from them listening to this podcast because uh i really when i before i left i said i've got to get that guy on and, he, <laughs> and really and now you know i feel like my podcast is now evolving because before i thought oh gee would they want to listen to these people that i said hell yes because yeah. this is the new gen this is the new generation and you know what it's in good hands. Yeah. Sure. And, and really, uh, uh, Marty, what is the best way for folks to follow you, get in touch with you? Uh, how, how can they follow you? Well, of course, uh, if you want to follow me in terms of seeing what we get up to every week, we have the, uh, the YouTube show uh, on YouTube, Being the Elite. Um, you know, we put so much of our hard work into, into these videos. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a constant thing every week. We're coming up with ideas. And then when we meet at the weekends, we spend the majority of our times filming it you know it's kind of funny we always joke how i'm sure a lot of uh without you know without sounding disrespectful but you know back in the day the wrestling i feel like it was a case of the guys would wrestle the shows and then they'd go out and party and, and do whatever it was uh but now it's a case that we finish our shows and we're back in the hotel rooms filming scenes and uh editing <laughs> stuff and just acting like idiots you know what i mean i'm yeah. singing and whatever it is um so uh yeah you can watch us on there um uh, that, that, that's a super uh fun thing we do for the fans but of course uh, social media um twitter and instagram i do uh if you want to see my new pup winston um my instagram's a great place for that uh it's uh it's just it's all one word uh for twitter and instagram it's just marty skell and uh skell is s-c-u-r-l-l kind of people get confused but uh if they think of s-c-u the team they can uh hopefully that'll make them <laughs> remember that the uh the u does indeed come before the r so yeah give me a follow on instagram and twitter um like i said i always post up on there and uh, it's a great place for us to um even you know just uh, our character development and uh everything else but uh yeah give me a follow and uh oh if you want to if you really want to support you can go to uh, Progressing Tees and uh pick up a a villain tea that'd be lovely <laughs> yeah, do you have a direct address to that 
uh, or you just go pro wrestling uh, pro wrestling tees.com uh, forward yeah. slash marty scale but if you go on the main yeah. site uh, you'll probably be able to find me pretty easy from there but yeah forward yeah, slash marty scale and then i've got like 100 designs in there so uh, go crazy do you do design work <laughs> yourself or you have I, I have people to do it but I, a lot of times yeah. i'll come up with the concept input and i yeah. can't draw at all but i'll i'll you know i'll sketch out something terribly on the back of a receipt maybe and <laughs> take, take a picture of it and send it to one of the boys but uh, i normally i normally come up with uh the ideas but sometimes uh, you know sometimes a designer would just send me something would you like this i'm like whoa that came out of nowhere and uh, it's really cool but that, i think again that helps with having um that kind of that strong character it's it's, it's easier to come up with yeah. ideas i guess for uh shirts and stuff but yeah uh if you want to go in there then uh, that'd be great but uh yeah thanks for uh, like i said for the uh, support and uh yeah i'll have to um listen to the podcast who have you had on the podcast that any good wrestlers Oh, just a few here now and then. You check out iTunes, and uh, you'll love some of the the guys that we've had uh, on. Um, you, you know, hearing their their stories, and and they are they're all a lot of them are really fascinating stories. Marty Skrull, you are uh, an absolute pleasure. I, I I will be following you, sir. You guys made some big fans uh, a fan of me over the weekend. I'm telling you, and uh, folks, as he said, right from Marty Skrull here, uh, there is a lot ahead, Marty. Thank you so much for coming on Primetime with Sean Moody. That was a pleasure. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. All righty. That uh, was uh, just a fun conversation. I really, really enjoyed talking to Marty Skrull. I hope we have many conversations in the future. I have a feeling we will because he is uh, one of these trailblazers. As I mentioned, he really is, along with the rest of the Bullet Club, the Young Bucks, Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes, and uh, of course, I'm going to be, I hope to get uh, a few of those guys on. Folks, we have not altered the podcast, really. I, we have evolved here. And of course, we are going to continue to have uh, a lot of your favorite superstars on the podcast. I told you I ran into Sergeant Slaughter, who we've been trying to get on the program for a long time. And we had a great conversation. I talked with Sarge for about an hour uh, while I was there. And uh, so he's going to be coming on soon. And we have others, you know, we've lined up. But I really want to start bringing some of these people on because uh, I'll tell you, over the weekend, one thing that impressed me so much was the respect that these young people have for the business. And there was this collision of old school and new school. And you saw these people. And I, I, I mentioned this on Sunday when we're all in a room and there's, you know, Tully Blanchard there and Scott Steiner was there, J.J. Dillon and um, all these other superstars from my era and before. All in this room with these young guys, Nick Aldis and, of course, Marty and Cody and the Young Bucks. And they're just uh, sharing a common love for this industry. And I think, uh, you know, as I talked to a few of the uh, the superstars I knew from my day, and I don't know, I think we're all just uh, so happy to see that it's in good hands. You know, the, these, these guys respect the business. Uh, they've got big plans. They are controlling their own destinies. And uh, they can do some great things. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to talk about uh, what might happen if they get too big with this or whatever. Right now, it is it is absolutely awesome. And I hope we see more of these StarCast events. Conrad Thompson, uh, if you've met him, uh, if you've heard about him, one of the humblest people I've ever met. And yet uh, he pulled off this weekend with StarCast and all the great people that worked uh, around him, uh, Bruce Pritchard and um, – 
you know, all the other guys that uh, I got the chance to finally meet, Matt Kuhn and, uh, and Dave Silva and uh, Cassio Kid, who's uh, one of that well, part of that gang, but uh, just a great group of guys. But really, uh, Conrad pulled together a tremendous event, and I just hope we see a lot more. And if you get a chance, you got to go. Uh, I absolutely love doing the live show with Jim Johnston. We got a tremendous response from that, and uh, who knows? Maybe doing a lot more of them soon. Okay, before I sign off here, uh, I want to give a big thanks to our sponsor this week, uh, my bookie, my bookie will match your first deposit 100% up to $1,000. That is awesome. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code Mooney when you create your account to claim the bonus. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, uh, I guarantee you we've got uh, great conversations coming up. Already, already lining up another one for. Uh, another one next week, but uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. I certainly did. I want to thank Marty Skrull for joining us. A lot of great things for that young man and uh, professional wrestling. It's it's just tremendous. Thanks for tuning in once again, everybody. Another great conversation on the way next week for Primetime. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. <laughs>